The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Good afternoon and welcome to One Hour at a Time. Recovery begins with education and host Mary Woods is here to educate individuals and families and provide support through the recovery process. Now here's your host, Mary Woods. And good afternoon everybody. Welcome to One Hour at a Time. This is your guest host today, Jonathan Ruthier. And I'm here with uh, a group of guests today that's headed by Ray Gonzalez. And we're going to be talking about... Um, uh, beyond treatment as usual, beyond treatment as usual for major mental illness. Um, I'm happy to have you all listening to our show today and helping to support our mission on this show to increase awareness about about recovery from substance use disorders and mental illness and to decrease the stigma and increase awareness of the uh, discrimination that exists for people with substance use disorders and mental illness. Our guest today is going to talk about cognitive remediation in general and cognitive enhancement therapy, or CET, in particular. And CET is a Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration recognized evidence-based practice that helps people with schizophrenia and other cognitive disabilities improve processing speed, cognition, and social cognition, all of which improve interpersonal effectiveness. Ray Gonzalez is currently the Executive Director at the Center for Cognition and Recovery in Beachwood, Ohio, where he has helped develop CET Cleveland, a community-based version of CET. He has more than 37 years of direct service, administration, and program development experience for persons recovering from mental illness. Mr. Gonzalez is a former CEO of a 403-bed state psychiatric hospital. He also founded and led PLAN plan of Northeast Ohio for 21 years. He's got a master's degree in social work from Ohio State University with an uh, ACSW and LISW credentials. Mr. Gonzalez has been a NAMI member, that's the National Alliance on Mental Illness, for 27 years, and he's led four CET Cleveland groups, has presented on CET Cleveland over 85 local, regional, and national conferences and workshops. He's also helped establish 36 CET Cleveland programs in 12 different states. So, Ray, it's my pleasure to, uh, to have you on the show today, and um, welcome. Thank you very much. And joining Ray today, we have uh, Molly, who's uh, calling in from Lima, Ohio, and uh, we have Stuart from um, Louisville, Kentucky, and Brandon, uh, who will be calling in from Michigan, and they'll also be sharing their experience about CET. So, Ray, um, again, you know, thank you for joining us today, and I think uh, the, you know, the um, title for our show today is really about getting beyond what, what's, you know, what we might call treatment as usual for major mental illness. And uh, maybe you could tell us a little bit about your, your background with um, treatment and what really drove you to, uh, to uh, get excited about CET. Sure. Well, uh... So I've been doing such work for a long time, and I was running a, a plan organization in Cleveland, 
and one of my board members approached me uh, to try and find some form of, of non-medication uh, treatment program that would help his uh, child to get better. He's an adult child. And she had uh, really responded very well to clozapine, uh, was living out of the hostel, living in a, an apartment building for roommate, and was doing okay. Uh, she was uh, able to take care of herself. Uh, she did a little bit of volunteer work, uh, but she was really stuck. She wasn't really moving beyond uh, just kind of surviving in the community. And he really wanted to find some form of cognitive treatment to help uh, her to thrive more, to get back to where she was before she became ill. So he really challenged me to find something. Uh, I went to a continuing education workshop, and I found CET. That's about 16, 17 years ago. And I read a long story short. I brought one of the the co-founders of CET from the University of Pittsburgh, where it was developed uh, here to Cleveland, Ohio, on a consulting basis. He would drive uh, every week for eight years. That was Sam Flesher, Ph.D. And Sam would come and teach us all about CET and help to uh, write our manual and our program uh, as a community-based version of CET and helped us to begin to disseminate or spread it across the U.S. And as you mentioned earlier, the CTT, uh, CTT, CET is an evidence-based practice. And uh, maybe you could just sort of help our listeners understand what that means. Uh, you know, why is it so important for something to be called an evidence-based practice? Sure. That means that it has been researched, uh, it's been published in uh, peer-reviewed journals, has been implemented at a couple sites, uh, and is uh, recognized as being a really effective treatment program. Uh, and it was first developed at the University of Pittsburgh with both Dr. Flesher and Professor Jerry Hogarty. They developed it in the late 90s, and then uh, Sam came to Cleveland uh, in the year 2000, and we began to uh, train other folks to do a uh, CET across the U.S. about 10 years ago. because so we just found it to be such an effective program. We wanted to get out just our little uh, agency here in Cleveland to make it to a much wider audience. Great. So... Um, you know, so for our listeners, you know, CET, Cognitive Enhancement Therapy, um, it, it sounds like something that's, that's really geared toward helping people with their thoughts and, um, and how they process information. Is that accurate? Somewhat so. It's, it's a form of cognitive remediation, and cognitive remediation is based on the, the principle of neuroplasticity. And neuroplasticity refers to the brain's ability to reorganize itself through forming new neural connections or by adding new brain cells. We actually add about 3,000 new brain cells every day. But if you're not really using them, it's not really very effective. So uh, neuroplasticity helps the brain to deal with new things that happen in one's environment, uh, a new computer program, a new uh, way to get to work, uh, new social uh, relationships. So we're born of about 100 billion neurons, and as we grow, we then have maybe up to maybe a, a trillion synaptic connections. It's basically all the stars in the skies that we can see. But if we don't use these connections, we really begin to lose them. And CT helps to maintain and expand these synaptic connections, especially people who have, uh, are in recovery from mental illness and really aren't using the brains very effectively. They tend to stay home too much watching TV uh, and not really interacting with other folks. And CT helps folks to really get reconnected and learn how to use their brains much more effectively. And so it sounds like, focus um, on, go ahead, Ray. Well, I so say what we really focus on is improving people's ability to uh, have better attention, 
to improve what's called the processing speed so that when mm-hmm. someone says, hi, hi to you, Ray, I don't go, oh, hi, Jonathan, how are you doing today? I really slow hi. down thinking process. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, also working memory, how to remember bits and pieces of information and maintain a conversation, and then really to improve what's called executive functioning, how to make wise decisions. So all these together can really result, if, you don't, if they have really impaired functioning in these areas, results in poor uh, cognitive functioning overall and also impaired social cognition, really understand how society and the workplace functions. So, you know, it sounds like, um, you know, what you've described is somebody saying, you know, hey, this, um, you know, my loved one has sort of, you know, um, gotten through the, the, the noisiest part of the illness, if you will, but, you know, I'm concerned that, that my family member's functioning is not optimal. Like, there's still these blocks, there's still this challenge going on of, of connection and attention and memory. Is that right? That's right. And what we're, as you say, we're not really focusing on, on the noisy aspects of these mental illnesses, like, you know, uh, strange thinking, uh, hearing voices, uh, delusional thoughts, that sort of stuff. Those are called the, the positive symptoms, the very active symptoms people can see with these illnesses, but more on the negative symptoms, the slow down thinking, the, the flat affect, people being on automatic pilot, doing the same thing day after day, and very concrete, effortful thinking. So we really want to try and get people to think faster, better, uh, more abstractly. Right. So, so um, what we're trying to, trying to do is to uh, have folks become active thinkers, and so CT is much more of an active treatment than medication. It's used in addition to medication, not to take the place of medication. But medication, at least in our view, is basically it deals with these active noisy uh, symptoms, these positive symptoms, but it really doesn't uh, change the course of the illness very often. So what we're trying to do is help our clients to increase the capacity to learn, to remember what they learn, and to improve their ability to act in uh, socially wise ways in both the social environment and in the workplace uh, to get and keep jobs long-term and to have hope. Well, I think, you know, a lot of people can relate to the experience of, um, you know, again, whether it's family members or members of our community saying, you know, I understand, you know, when somebody is on medication for mental illness, it slows them down, but they often don't understand that it's also part of the illness itself, right? And it sounds like CET is a way to help people um, who are uh, having those processing challenges and, you know, be able to increase the rate at which they can respond to things and also, um, you know, to be able to relate to other people in a more time-effective and, um, and connected manner. Exactly. So what's unusual about kind of revolutionary in our field, right? As opposed to just looking at well, what medication can help. I mean, this is this is a whole different set of uh, strategies. Right. So that's why we call it. You know, some cases it's going beyond treatment as usual. Most agencies and the ones I used to run before I found CT was a. You know, we provide good, safe housing for folks. We saw them in therapy. We did some counseling. We make sure they took the medication. We might even done a little social and recreational activities, but we really weren't affecting the, the change of this. So what we're trying to do in CET is really to improve brain functioning. So a lot of times we have very stable clients who are kind of stuck, kind of plateaued, 
and we do this through a combination. It's a little bit unusual. It's a time-limited program. It's uh, a combination of specialized computer programs, um, social cognition groups, some individual coaching. And we use much more of a coaching methodology than a traditional psychotherapy uh, way of, of working with folks. And it's provided one day a week for 48 weeks. So it's a long program. It's about three hours, three and a half hours, one day a week for over 48 weeks. Mm-hmm. Well, it sounds like quite a commitment. It is, but we have like a, about an 80% attendance and graduation rates uh, across the U.S., across the uh, uh, more than, I think we're somewhere over 2,000 people that have graduated from CET programs. So we're, we think it's a really good program that really gets people, gets people engaged and keeps them engaged. Well, that's really a remarkable retention rate given, um, you know, again, sort of treatment as usual when you look at um, no-show rates in clinics and um, treatment dropout rates in general, uh, 80% is really high for retention. Yeah, I think the, the reason is that we give people uh, not only information about how they use their brain, but we also teach them how to use their brain, and the expectation is that you use your brain. So we're really giving people real information uh, a real-time environment to work in that and do it in a group setting that kind of reinforces that and gives people opportunities to test things out and to make new friends. And making friends is probably the most important and critical thing we do as human beings. Well, what is it about the about friendships that um, is so important in recovery? Well, I think that means that you're, you're thinking outside of yourself, that you... Uh, you really are able to relate to another person to help that person rather than always being a receiver of help, able to help you, buddy. I mean, that's what it is. We, you do things together. If your friend needs you to, to pick up some groceries with him because he sprained his ankle, then that's what you go and do. And we really try and help our clients live outside their very small social network that a lot of our clients have and to have much bigger social networks and to be part of society as a whole. Right, right. Well, um, uh, you know, I think you've provided a great overview. When we come back from the break, we're going to get into a little bit more details in terms of, you know, how the program works and um, what some of the experiences are for folks that have that have been involved in it. Um, the rest of our guests, uh, you know, will um, uh, hopefully be chiming in on this. And uh, we'll be back after a couple of minute break. Thank you. listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Westbridge Community Services. Westbridge is a nonprofit organization dedicated to supporting the recovery of families and individuals who experience co-occurring mental illness and substance use disorders. Westbridge provides integrated dual diagnosis treatment for adult men and women using evidence-based practices. Visit our site today at westbridge.org and discover that doing what works in helping individuals and families gain recovery from dual disorders is important to the staff at Westbridge Community Services. Westbridge utilizes current evidence-based practices, consensus practices, and old-fashioned common sense to provide treatment to individuals and families that experience co-occurring mental illness and substance use disorders. That's westbridge.org, family-centered recovery for co-occurring mental illness and substance abuse disorders. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. 
You're listening to One Hour at a Time with host Mary Woods. If you have a question for Mary or her guests, call now. The listener lines are open. The toll-free number is 1-866-472-5792. That number again is 1-866-472-5792. Now, let's get back to Mary and One Hour at a Time. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome back to One Hour at a Time. This is Jonathan Ruthier, your guest host today. And uh, we're pleased to uh, continue our discussion, which is titled Beyond Treatment as Usual for Major Mental Illness. We're talking today about cognitive enhancement therapy, which is an evidence-based practice for people with schizophrenia and related cognitive disorders. Our guests uh, include Ray Gonzalez, who is the um, Executive Director for the Center for Cognition and Recovery in Beachwood, Ohio. And we also have Molly Wise uh, with us today from Lima, Ohio. And Molly is a NAMI member who who has uh, advocated for and developed resources to bring uh, CET to um, people of, of Lima, Ohio, or Lima, Ohio. So, Molly, it's great to have you on the show today as well. And uh, if you, you know, would like to tell our listeners a little bit about your experience with CET and what drove you to, um, to, to feel so uh, strongly about this program. Well, I guess uh, I'm a little bit like a classic case of what Ray was describing. Uh, One of our family members was very stable, doing all the right things for his own recovery, but he had very strong uh, cognitive, you know, slow uh, processing speed. And when I came across the research uh, in CET Cleveland, uh, the sparks just fired in my in my mind, and the passion sort of stirred a little stronger. So after a series of conversations with Ray, I realized that it was a very strong program, both in terms of the research, which you've already talked about, but two, the other thing that appealed to me was the training design, that the Cleveland, what I nickname the master trainers, come once, uh, you know, come once a month and then are, are in communication weekly with the, the local staff that they're training. So that appealed to me very strongly. Um, the, I guess the third thing was that it was financially sustainable for the local organization. Uh, mm-hmm. And, you know, I guess the final thing was Ray's willingness to work with me uh, to begin to explore having conversations with the local uh, mental health leaders about bringing basically what I feel like is the next big wave of treatment uh, and the awareness of mental, uh, re- mental health recovery uh, in terms of research into our community. And uh, so it, it kind of happened in three phases. One was um, beginning to just have conversations with the, the local leaders and exploring the possibility. Uh, and once everybody was very positive, then the question was, well, how could we um, afford to bring in the master trainer into Lima? And so then that what became uh, a fundraising challenge because Lima is a smaller committee, community. Uh, in Allen County, there's about 81,000 you know, adult population, so we're not in a major metro. So then we just began the phase of uh, beginning to develop basically an individual donor campaign, uh, and over you know, a course of about a year or so, we were able to raise the funds to uh, support the training for the local uh, agency in Lima. Well, you certainly speak very passionately about the, the promise that CET can bring. Can, tell us a little bit about what you were experiencing that, that led to that. 
Well, I mean, to me, the the strength is the research, and you know, as as Ray was saying, it everybody's beginning to understand that the neuroplasticity of the brain is really where the work's at. And the way I sort of uh, communicated it with folks in, in, both in my own mind and to others in the community was, this is really physical therapy for the brain. You know, it's really getting those neurons firing again and really very gently nurturing uh, individuals along, and then over time, adding in group work and skill building. And so, to me, that's what got me energized. And also, from Ray's experience, and uh, and I'm sure Stuart can speak to this too, the durability, the, the stickiness of the treatment, uh, they've seen both clinically measured through science, uh, faster processing speeds over three years, and Ray has seen anecdotally uh, a continued faster processing speed over 10 years. So to me, that is incredibly motivating and incredibly powerful and very, very, very hopeful. Right. Well, it certainly sounds like your, um, you know, your, your family really uh, wasn't satisfied with the status quo in terms of you know, what medications can do or standard treatment, right? Well, uh, for, for a long time, uh, that's as good as it got. And so we just, you know, kind of uh, chugged along and, and supported, you know, our, our family member as best we could. But when there was this new opportunity or possibility and the research and the training were so strong, it seemed to me like it was a huge opportunity for our whole community. Uh, you know, there's always, I like to sort of say in an advocacy voice, we have great cancer care, we have great cardiac care. Why can't we have the emerging practice and research around the country, even in our little town in Lima? Yeah. Well, you make a great point, right? And, and if you look at the data around, um, you know, what what seems to be, a big priority in our country, which is to reduce hospitalization days. You know, so much effort and resources have been put into reducing re- readmission rates for congestive heart failure and renal failure. And um, you know, but but you know, the the resources have been poured into those to provide additional treatments, and not so much in terms of reducing readmission, readmission rates for depression or schizophrenia um, or for suicidal behavior. So. Um, yeah, so you're right on. I mean, this is, uh, I think your analogy of, you know, physical therapy for the brain is really very powerful and a great message to help reduce the stigma associated with mental illness. This is something that's happening in the brain and, and there's something that can be done about it. Right. Right. And I think the other part, just in terms of, you know, speaking to maybe other family members that are listening, that if you find there's an organization that's interested, the frame at which I approached the fundraising was this is a capital investment. This is a one-time investment. When those clinicians are trained, they can, there's continuing education, but it's, it's a one-time uh, uh, sort of capital training investment instead of bricks and mortars, we're just in, investing into the staff of the organization. And I think that's very appealing, and, and certainly uh, I think that's why many, many people chose to donate. Well, I certainly, again, you make a really, uh, a really compelling case, and um, it, it sounds like uh, people were um, certainly eager to lend their support and, and to bring this to the community. Yes, very much so. Yeah. So, um, and, 
you know, I think uh, one of the things that would be really interesting for our listeners to know about is, you know, whether, you know, does CET, um, does any part of the, the program, and we'll talk a little bit more in, in depth about the elements of the program, but how does CET involve the family in, uh, or family members? Well, uh, depending on the individual, you know, that's in the class, they may or may not be living, you know, with their family. Um, but I think it's uh, uh, just offering, you know, just the classic family role, offering support, possibility. If there's a little bit of doubt, you know, metaphorically speaking, holding that person's hand, giving them confidence that this is a wonderful possibility they could they potentially just give it a try and and reach their own decision uh and i think that's probably the most important um role that they could play and 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 uh certainly uh others you know ray stewart and branda could could speak to that too yeah so what we do uh oftentimes is that we will send uh kind of a listing of the different topics we have home with the clients the clients have notebooks that they use as part of their treatment program that uh, covers information like the different talks they do and different exercises. Uh, so we try to involve the family members that way. And we also uh, have an opportunity to have them uh, attend a couple of the groups that we run. And some agencies have special uh, training programs just for the families, so they're much more aware of what's going on. Uh, cause it's, if, we try, if we can, we try to, to expand the universe in which CET is, is being um, used. So it's not just in our uh, group work that we do, but also throughout the whole agency and with the families and into the community. And I think that, um, you know, that certainly is, uh, you know, ho- hopefully that's something that is helping the rest of the community and, and support systems become more aware of the possibilities, you know, when, when you can really address um, somebody's ability to connect more socially and uh, to improve the processing speed. I imagine that that, um, you know, that, that produces positive results in terms of employment and education opportunities. Right, yeah, we, we've got lots of, of anecdotal material from different uh, sites saying how that they're much, the, the uh, vocational counselors have a much easier time and helping someone get a job and keep a job who've been going through CET or graduated from CET. So it really has long-range uh, impact. Great. So also on the line, and we're going to, um, I'll, I'll introduce uh, Stuart and Brandon uh, before we go to the break, but we have Stuart from the Bridgehaven Program in Louisville, Kentucky, and we have Brandon who um, has lived experience with the CET process, and he's calling in from Michigan. And I want to welcome both of you on uh, as guests today. Thanks. Yeah, happy to be here. Thank you. I'm Stuart. Happy to be here. <laughs> Great. Great. So, um, so Stuart, uh, if you could just you know give us a, a quick snapshot of uh, you know your your work with CET, and when we come back after the break, um, in a few minutes we will uh, get into some of the details of how it works. Okay, I'll just say um, I don't I don't know if this it kind of fits on with the the parent um, line of things is is that CET has been really chosen proven to be really effective with young people. We've used it with all ages, and I think it's something that when you start, um, we thought it was very important, obviously, because uh, medication just doesn't solve all the problems, and sometimes it can add different problems. So. Um, for people to be able to communicate about their symptoms, I think is what was one of the beautiful things about CET. It allows people 
to really share and explain what's going on with them and how they think. Um, and it's the mantra is always, it's about their brain, not our brains. And so I think that's something that's been really important. Um, sometimes because of the way the illness has affects some people is that as they get the illness, then sometimes their behaviors cause them to have negative experiences with their communities. And so they learn to kind of isolate themselves as a coping skill. And so a lot of times as we interact with people, we're trying to get them to be social again. It's not always perfect. And I believe that when we have some parents understanding of what's going on, they're a little more accepting because as someone is, that's been quiet or not communicated that well for many years and all of a sudden they start communicating again, they need some time to, to get that right. And over the course of a year, they really have a much better understanding of themselves. And it's great to see how family relationships really change because they are able to communicate and then their family better understands what's going on with them and, and their point of view, which I think is one of the right. beautiful things. Well, it sounds like it really helps communication. When we come back from the break, we're going to rejoin Stuart as well as Brandon, Ray, and Molly to talk a little bit more about um, cognitive enhancement therapy, and uh, we'll be back after the break. Thank you. listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Westbridge Community Services. Westbridge is a nonprofit organization dedicated to supporting the recovery of families and individuals who experience co-occurring mental illness and substance use disorders. Westbridge provides integrated dual diagnosis treatment for adult men and women using evidence-based practices. Visit our site today at westbridge.org and discover that doing what works in helping individuals and families gain recovery from dual disorders is important to the staff at Westbridge Community Services. Westbridge utilizes current evidence-based practices, consensus practices, and old-fashioned common sense to provide treatment to individuals and families that experience co-occurring mental illness and substance use disorders. That's westbridge.org, Family Center Recovery for Co-Occurring Mental Illness and Substance Abuse Disorders. We are bombarded daily with information about beauty products and anti-aging treatments. Do you know how they have been tested? Are they truly going to make a change or just take the change out of your pocket? Tune in to Shelly's Show and Tell with host Shelly Hancock. We'll bring you the top-rated skincare products and treatments tested by Real Transformation Skin Care Centers. We'll motivate you to make the best changes. Listen Mondays at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Health & Wellness. Every day, you hear so much about different aspects of the health and wellness field. One day, you hear one thing, and the next day, you hear something that contradicts what you heard the day before. How do you know what's right? Try tuning in to The Cutting Edge of Health and Wellness today with Dr. Neil Nathan. Our goal is to educate and explore this field with guest experts in order to help you take control of your health and well-being. Listen Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Health and Wellness. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. 
You're listening to One Hour at a Time with host Mary Woods. If you have a question for Mary or her guest, call now. The listener lines are open. The toll-free number is 1-866-472-5792. That number again is 1-866-472-5792. Now, let's get back to Mary and One Hour at a Time. And welcome back, everybody. This is Jonathan Luthier, your guest host today on One Hour at a Time. And uh, we're very pleased to have uh, a group of guests here today. Um, that's Ray Gonzalez, Molly Wise, Stuart, and Brandon. And we're talking about um, cognitive enhancement therapy. And uh, just before the break, uh, Stuart, we were talking a little bit about um, your experience with CET and uh, you know, the work that you do at Bridgehaven in Louisville. Um, and, uh, and Brandon, we uh, just got a chance to introduce you briefly, but I'd like to have you, uh, uh, welcome you here, and, and you can tell us a little bit about what your experience is with CET. Well, my experience with CET was a little different. Um, I'm only 23 years old, so I was one of the younger students in the course. Mm-hmm. Uh, I stuck through the whole course, and uh, the things that really stuck out to me were the social interactions. Because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I, I still hang out with the friends I made today, and that's almost a year later. So, um, for me, I was very antisocial. I was very, you know, kind of just kept to myself. And this course, you know, through the computers and the discussions allowed me to kind of come out of my shell. Um, the course also really helped me with, you know, just understanding more of my limitations and how I could make them my strengths. Can you say more about that? Because I think that's really a great, uh, a great point. Well, in the class, one of the discussions you have is, you know, the stigma that you receive from, you know, different areas of your life. And, you know, it also teaches you that, you know, that stigma can be bad, but it can also help you know where you need to improve or what you can improve on. It doesn't, this class taught me that it doesn't necessarily mean that just because you have things wrong with you that it's negative, but you can turn it into positive and it can help you help other people. Right. Right. Well, and that's really vital information, isn't it, for anybody that, you know, um, how we're perceived by others you know, um, can it can really affect how we do ourselves, and uh, there are things that we can do personally to alter people's perceptions. And if we're talking about stigma, you know, there are things that we can do to help reduce stigma just by our own behavior, right? Right. Also, one of the major courses that we did in there was on the uh, on the brain's functions and effects. Um, and that, that one really helped me out because when it came to learning about the limbic infernal lobe system, which is, you know, your emotions and your wise thoughts and all that, it allowed me to, in the future, when I would start noticing myself digressing or anything like that, I was able to say, okay, from CET I learned that that possibly has to do with this part of my brain. How can I counterbalance it to get back on the right track? Mm-hmm. So it sounds like it gave you a greater sense of awareness of what you know, what your brain was doing, and, and give you some choices to really think about 
you know, how, how to make things change. Well, definitely give you a better sense of who you are because um, with this class, it wasn't just that you're working on the cognition. I mean, you spend an hour doing the computers with a partner, and that gives you plenty of time to talk and get to know each other. You know, you're able to kind of, through teamwork and through social interaction, build your confidence and build who you are as a person based off of, you know, if you're just sitting at home, you know, keeping to yourself. Right. Right. Well, and so much of our world is social, uh, but you know, so much of it has gotten. I mean, it's. It, I think what's really interesting is that um, you're using a computer, but with somebody else. And today, you know, in today's world, how, how much time do we spend using a computer by ourselves, or using a smartphone, or you know, um, even on social sites? That Especially you know, but we're still on our own. I'm sorry, I didn't catch that. Oh, I said especially for the younger generation, like people, you know, in my age group. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, that's, um, you know, everybody's got their head down looking at a smartphone, you know, or a tablet. And uh, so that seems really reinforcing that you'd be doing this kind of work with somebody else in terms of being able to uh, to practice some of this, you know, the skills that you're learning. Right. Right. And, and um, I, I just, this is Molly here, uh, just to chime in, Ray said that actually is part of the curriculum design, and, and maybe I can I, sh- I should just hand it over to, to Stuart or Ray to make that point that uh, about the, the computer exercises plus the, plus the partner design. Yeah, so uh, when we do the work, you know, even though we're doing work on the computer, like Brandon said, this is Ray speaking, is that we do it in a group setting. Uh, and the, so CT is uh, what's called a closed group. The same eight to ten clients, people go through the whole program together. Uh, but we, a typical CT day is you have an hour's worth of computer exercises, sitting there with a partner, sharing a computer, taking turns doing the exercises, and uh, keeping score and giving encouragement and getting to know each other, as Brandon said. So we go th- through that, that whole process together in a group setting rather than being isolating on a computer at home. We do that for an hour, then take a half an hour break and have an hour and a half long social cognition group. And we follow a real strong curriculum, a lot of structure to it, and we do a lot of lectures. And we talk about how different parts of the brain functions and how you are able to emulate with other people, take another person's perspective, we give you different exercises to do, and we give feedback to each other. Uh, and then we have homework questions to, to work on also. And then at, uh, after that, we do like half an hour to an hour's worth of individual coaching with someone until we have the next uh, meeting. So it's, that's a combination of, of using different parts of the brain uh, to get more parts of the brain activated and functioning better and faster. Well, I'd like to say one thing, too. Um, when it comes to the different projects you do in the group, I know for me it was hard because I wasn't very social. Um, one of the projects that I know we do here in Kalamazoo is the introduce a guest where you had to sit down with somebody and, you know, interview them and kind of get to know them and then give a speech, which is really, for some people, hard to get out of their shell. But I noticed in the group when people would do that and they do it, you know, well, they 
the the load of confidence boost and all that throughout the three major projects you do really um, help boost some people in those areas. Well, in practice is really where you know where things get uh, set, you know, in terms of behavior, right? Right. So that's great. Yeah, Brandon, so, Ray, you're maybe, doing a great job. Can of you talk a little bit about how this differs, maybe from uh, other forms of, um, like, for instance, social skills training, or um, uh, you know, other forms of uh, things that help with cognition? Sure. The, the biggest thing is that it's done in a group setting, and that there's a real strong uh, curriculum. You know, a design that there's uh, 48 different talks that we do throughout the whole. Uh, 12-month-long program, uh, really helping people to understand different parts of how the workplace functions, uh, what are social norms, uh, really to try and get people back to functioning where they were uh, before they became ill. You know, it's basically a, a Psych 202 course in college, uh, lots of great information. And then the computer exercises really gets the brain, different parts of the brain functioning in a much faster way, uh, improve the memory so we're really trying to uh, tackle things from a whole different variety of stuff. Uh, I think uh, Stuart could probably talk about what it's like from uh, being a coach and, and what kind of responses he's seen from the clients down in Louisville. Yeah, I would say um, as a coach, it, it's a lot of hard work. I mean, you're using your brain and you're trying to ask challenging questions. One of uh, Brandon's done a great job of explaining a lot of different of the concepts and everything. Um, but as as far as um, the the class structure, when it starts off, we do what we call um, there's a lesson on note taking and there's some talk about raising hands to to signify that it's your turn to talk. And for some people, that's, that's a difficult thing for them to overcome because they feel like they're back, you know, like back in school and maybe things weren't so great in school or whatever. But once we get, you know, I always now just communicate that on the front end of things, that it is a big commitment. It's a long commitment. But often, like when you commit to going to college or anything that's really going to change your life requires a long-term commitment. And if you can make that and you can get through that part, most people, I mean, as soon as they start using the computers and they get in there, they, they really understand the value of it and they can kind of feel the difference in themselves really pretty early on, which I think helps keep the group um, size as, as large as it is for the, the whole entire year. So, mm-hmm. plus they're, you know, the group kind of really bonds. We, we help people do their homework. Um, my personal opinion is to have people do homework on a different day because it is so much work and everything that is done in CET uh, to be, when it's done right, um, has, has a purpose. And so the homework, if you can do it earlier, we're just doing, uh, you work individually on the homework assignment so that everyone is successful. And when, they're, when they go to group, they're ready to talk about the issues that you're going to ask them questions about. And I think that doing the homework in a different day of the week is helpful because it helps them give their, their, their brain a chance to, to process that homework and be even more ready for the, the group activity. Um, as as a coach, each person is uh, in the group is, has the opportunity to be the, the leader where they ask, um, you know, they keep an order of going over the homework assignments and everything that's done. And then um, 
towards the end of the group, there's normally a game or an activity that either the member does with another member or, um, um, or they introduce a guest or one of those activities, and then the whole group gives them feedback. So there's never a time of the group where you kind of really can, can space out or, or not be a part of that group because you're just engaged the whole time. And it's, mm-hmm. it's, 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 it's a lot of hard work, but we also um, try to make it as fun as possible. And, and for the most things, people are really joking and having a good time in there once they understand the system and the rules that are set up in the beginning. Right. Well, I, um, it sounds like, too, I mean, there was a lot of intent behind the design of getting people together and doing this in group and, and pairs because, as we know from, you know, research on whether it's, you know, on diet and weight loss or fitness, you know, people are more likely to stick with a plan and stick with, you know, uh, improving their health if they're doing it with other people. So, yeah. but, you know, um, so we're... Um, uh, you know, so we're, we're going to talk a little bit more about, um, you know, the, the, the reinforcement behind CET and also uh, how people can get more information about that when we come back from our next break. So um, thanks, folks, and we'll see you back in a couple minutes. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Westbridge Community Services. Westbridge is a nonprofit organization dedicated to supporting the recovery of families and individuals who experience co-occurring mental illness and substance use disorders. Westbridge provides integrated dual diagnosis treatment for adult men and women using evidence-based practices. Visit our site today at westbridge.org and discover that doing what works in helping individuals and families gain recovery from dual disorders is important to the staff at Westbridge Community Services. Westbridge utilizes current evidence-based practices, consensus practices, and old-fashioned common sense to provide treatment to individuals and families that experience co-occurring mental illness and substance use disorders. That's westbridge.org, family-centered recovery for co-occurring mental illness and substance abuse disorders. Do you know about Reiki? This method of healing can complement Western medicine as well as other alternative practices. Besides healing, it can have the additional effect of making you feel more positive about yourself and the world around you. By tuning into For the Love of Reiki with host Paula Vale, you'll find how Reiki can improve your health, bring balance into your life, and fill you with joy. For the Love of Reiki is broadcast live every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time and 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You're listening to One Hour at a Time with host Mary Woods. If you have a question for Mary or her guests, call now. The listener lines are open. The toll-free number is 1-866-472-5792. That number again is 1-866-472-5792. Now, let's get back to Mary and One Hour at a Time. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to one hour at a time. This is Jonathan Ruthier, your guest host on this muggy day here in New England. Um, we are pleased to have our guests today, uh, Ray, Molly, Stewart, and Brandon, and we're talking about cognitive enhancement therapy. And uh, so just before the break, we're talking a little bit about you know, how this works in an agency setting and 
Uh, I was thinking, uh, you know, Stuart, it would be helpful for maybe for our listeners to hear a little bit about what is it like to try to, um, you know, implement this kind of a practice in, in, in a place where treatment as usual is the norm or, you know, uh, where folks are used to running things differently. Yeah, at Bridgehaven, um, a lot of the staff that were trained to, to be CET coaches had over 20 years of experience and, and felt pretty comfortable in group leadership. However, um, you know, once they got in and when we started really doing the group, then people had, you know, at first lots of questions about the structure and the group and what to do. And, and, um, and then, you know, once we were in it, then there was a lot more questions about ourselves as coaches and how good a job have we done before because you're you're trying not to ask leading questions or open-ended questions and and you're and the the concepts are are so concrete are different is you know is obviously different than what we've been doing in a lot of our other groups and um as far as our board of directors goes you know sometimes you know they're wondering because it takes a year to graduate a group of people, and so we've been doing it for five to six years now, and we're on, we just started our eighth group. And, you know, if each group has, you know, you don't want it too full, you don't want it too small, but about 10 people each, it, mm-hmm. it means it takes a while for, like, 10 people, if you start just one group, to graduate after a year. But I think what, what we're seeing is that this is something that burns real hot. It's real hot, and it, it's going to take a while to kind of grow the fire. But you see it as, as people complete the program. There's a lot of people that have moved on out of our program that may have been in our program for quite, quite a long time. But because of yeah. the success of CET, they just go ahead and graduate. They go on with their lives and move on out of our program, which I think is a wonderful thing. And, and it's, it's just really interesting to watch the group leaders who are running other groups and how they bring in these concepts. I, I can't run a single other group without bringing in some CET concept of some kind to help explain right. areas of, you know, whether it's just full talking, which I'm not doing, or... Um, um, you know, their, your Olympic system versus frontal cortex and all those kinds of ideas that are part of CET. Right. And your agency has developed some videos to help people understand what it's about. Is that right? Well, we did, um, we did a video at first, um, um, kind of a short, just kind of talking about CET. We're really excited, and we interviewed CET people. And then we decided, let's, let's look. And part of the, the, the concept that's hard to uh, quantify is how does, how does it affect someone after they graduate, a year after, two years after? So we, we went back and interviewed people that have been in, had graduated from CET a year later and just to, to hear their stories about their experience and hear from the coaches that had led the groups. And so it's on the CET Cleveland website, and it's, it's quite powerful, and it's really inspiring. Great. You know, I think one of the, um, one of the interesting challenges in, in the field of mental health treatment is, you know, our, our overuse of acronyms and, the, you know, the, um, the way that concepts can, can sometimes get confused. You know, when we're talking about, you know, a cognitive therapy, how are we talking about CET differently than we are about CBT, you know, cognitive behavior therapy or dialectical behavior therapy, DBT? And you probably struggled with that. I think, Brandon, you were going to answer that question? Oh, um, yeah. Uh, 
DBT and CET have a lot of similarities, but CET is more hands-on and more cognitive, where DBT, where you hear behavioral, is more based on behavior and reactions and responses. Uh, CET tends to help you think fast, you know, think better, um, and understand your you know, your your mental aspects better, whereas DBT trains you to give you the skills to respond, whereas CET is how you react. Mm-hmm. Like if I'm if I'm saying that right. Mm-hmm. Yep. So one is more about you know training your brain to deal with certain situations in a in a more effective way, and the other is about um, you know how to uh, pick up on cues and use um, uh, you know check in on your how you're feeling and uh, you know be able to respond in, in ways that are healthy. Correct. Yeah. You know one of the things that I think is really interesting is that. Um, cognitive remediation, you know that that portion of this is is uh, is a different aspect of of helping people than you know than any sort of talk therapy. And I don't know, if, Ray, if you can talk a little bit about sort of the you know the science behind that. And the, you know, we, I know we've talked a little bit about neuroplasticity, but um, you know, is the, this concept of of working through um, cognitive exercises on a computer. Um, you know, as a way to help the the organ in your body called your brain, uh, you know, develop strength is is really kind of it's it's revolutionary. Yeah, it, it is. And it used to be we uh, psychiatry and neurology thought that the brain didn't change. You're born with the same number of brain cells and the same connection connections, and just went along. But we really have seen that people have been injured, physically injured, that they're able to recover. They learn how to use their hands differently. They've been uh, injured, uh, and people who, you know, had major uh, trauma to the spine can learn how to walk again and stuff, the right exercises. And we're using some of the same concepts with the brain, helping the brain to regain the functionality that it once had. So we really focus on increasing the ability to have good processing speed, be able to think uh, much faster, more abstractly, um, and really to learn what they thought, what they've uh, taken on to have a better working memory to learn the concepts. So, you know, working that way really gets people back in the field, and we call it basically physical therapy for the brain, like Molly said, really work the brain, and sometimes clients, you know, get a little tired, staff get tired too of, you know, all the hard work we do, but the end result is really gratifying. Right. Yeah, definitely. Well, it literally is physical therapy if it's making changes, you know, in the structure of the brain, right? Exactly. They've actually done pre and post uh, uh, MRIs, and you should look at the brain, fMRIs, and can see how the brain has changed, physically changed. They've actually got increased weight because there's more synaptic connections, more connections to the different neurons or other neurons and learning new activities or re-stimulating ones that have been there before. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, the metaphor in my brain is just much like a muscle where, you know, you're exercising your muscle, you know, it strengthens. It's the same sort of simple concept for the synaptic connections. They literally go from maybe two or three fingers to your whole entire hand, and they're, they're sending their signals more robustly, and consequently, the processing speed picks up. Well, until the gears don't go in or the processing or the electrical connections aren't 
moving quick enough, you, you can't begin to do the group work, right? But once those exercises are focused on the prefrontal cortex of the brain, then all of a sudden everybody has something to work with and to learn and grow and, and consequently have more friendships down the road. Right. Has this, you know, has this been studied in um, uh, populations other than folks with um, cognitive, cognitive challenges from mental illness? I mean, as an example, you know, people who are on chemotherapy, you know, they talk about changes in their attention and memory and ability to focus, um, you know, because of the effects of chemotherapy. Is something, is something like this helpful for them? Uh, CT has not been studied as such uh, with that population. It's primarily for people with schizophrenia, but we've also seen good success with people with bipolar disorder, chronic depression, and high-level autism. Uh, but I think that this is a really golden age of psychiatry and neurology. I think that there's been more and more studies done on similar types of interventions like CT. Absolutely, and we're looking forward to more. Um, so, you know, I, we're just about out of time, and uh, I want to thank the four of you for coming on and sharing uh, this information and, and the hopeful progress that's being made uh, to help people with um, the cognitive challenges of mental illness. Um, and uh, if, if folks want to get a little bit more information about CET, where can they find that? Sure. If you go on to the website, uh, our website is CET Cleveland. That's C-E-T-C-L-E-V-E-L-A-N-D dot org. Uh, you can see the videos that are done at, in Louisville at Rich Haven. See a, a lot of other material up there. Uh, some of the research is there. Uh, and look at different newsletters that we've produced, et cetera. And people can Thanks. feel free to call me uh, directly at 216-504-6428. It's uh, Ray Gonzalez. And I'd be glad to talk to you. Thanks, Ray, and I just want to thank everybody else again. We're out of time, but uh, it was a pleasure having you on the show, and uh, good luck to all of you. All right, thank, you. thank you very much. Thank you. We appreciate you joining us today for One Hour at a Time. Successful recovery from a substance abuse problem or mental illness depends on education and support of loved ones. Thank you for being that support system. Be sure to tune in next week for another hour of education and compassion. One hour at a time. We'll see you next week.